Welcome to episode 15 of The Route, a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nascimento and let's get started. On today's episode, we have a fantastic guest. I know I say this every episode, but I truly believe it. And uh, so today's episode is actually someone who's working in the NBA with a team. And I know this is a a topic or position that's very much requested from those uh, who've been messaging me on um, Instagram. So here it is. I think you have a lot to learn from today's guest. You know, I know when I was even editing this episode, you know, I had to go back a few times to that I had the correct uh, the correct notes written down because, you know, there are actually things that once you hear it the second time, it really hits. And I realized that's something I need to apply to, to my current career and, and my life as well. So that specific quote that I'm talking about, it's at the very end when he's giving advice. So that's something to, to look forward to. And yeah, other than that, as usual, follow me on social media at Nesmento Marketing. Uh, so N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O-M-K-T-G. That's also in the episode notes. And, you know, if you have any messages or requests or, you know, want to get in contact with the guest, by all means, uh, message me and I'll, I'll help you as best as to my abilities. One last thing that I'll add in uh, that I just remembered before we, we play the recording is that over the coming weeks, I'm going to be introducing various projects and different uh, outlets that I'm going to be uh, streaming the podcast on. So it's still going to stay on this, the current uh, Apple, Spotify, etc., but I'm going to try doing it on YouTube and Twitch as well while uh, mixing and matching various um, visuals to see what works and what doesn't, you know, because we're all in quarantine. So why not try some some things out that I can apply later on as well? So stay tuned for those. And I think other than that, let's just get into today's episode. Hope you guys enjoy. I'd now like to welcome a master sales professional with experience with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Phoenix Suns, and who is currently the Director of Business Development at the Cleveland Cavaliers, Gentry Mullins. Thanks for joining the route. How are you? I'm good, Chris. I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, of course. Um, just kind of before we begin, I, I was just looking through things about you, and I noticed you, you worked with Tampa Bay in the past. You're, you're an intern there as well. Just kind of wondering with the recent news of Tom Brady, me being a Pats fan, do you have any allegiance to the team, or is your fandom somewhere else? Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually a huge Tom Brady fan. Um, I just think the the way that he, you know, he's attacked his career and continued to to find ways to reinvent himself, I think is is uh, is nothing short of incredible. Um, but you know, if he had to leave New England, I am uh, I am ecstatic for uh, for my one Buck family that they uh, they they got the probably the biggest free agent uh, ever, right? Um, so for them to to be able to take advantage of that and. Um, some some good news for them in the, in these difficult times has been uh, has been refreshing. Uh, I've obviously got to to catch up with a couple of those guys that uh, you know the, you know my my OVP and, and director that are down there, and uh, I am uh, incredibly excited for them. It seems like they are uh, enjoying life right now. Yeah, absolutely. A little a little tougher for me being a Pats fan, but I understand. You know, things have to change. Excited where things are going to go with them, and kind of kind of just back packing off of that. Um, do I maybe getting into your first kind of role in sports was as an intern with the Bucks, and you might maybe touching on that role, how you got it, and how maybe news like this where you get a big free agent, how you guys would go about it for sales. Uh, yeah, you know, starting with uh, with how I got the role, you know, I uh, I'm originally from a, a really small town in uh, in, in Virginia 
right there on the, the Kentucky border. So you'll probably hear a little bit of my twang through, throughout this. But, um, you know, I went to a local school about 45 minutes away from Clintwood called the uh, University of Virginia's College at Wise. And, you know, I was uh, we didn't really have a sports management degree, but we did have a concentration in it. So, I, you know, I got my degree in, in liberal arts and sciences and physical education. And then it allowed for a couple different, you know, you know, more concentrated in sports management, which, you know, were the ones that I enjoyed the most. And, you know, the, the best thing about the whole program and concentration itself was the fact that you had to get one internship. And, you know, I remember one summer where, you know, a lot of, you know, classmates were, you know, just trying to get something to get, get it done or, you know, do something really local and stay close to home. And uh, I came across uh, teamwork online for the first time. And I, and I just thought it was like the, the most incredible website I'd ever seen you know, to see that you could work for the Hawks or the, you know, the Hornets or, you know, whoever. And I just remember at that time, just really applying for anything and everything from community relations to HR to, to sales. And, you know, I think I applied probably to over a hundred things. And I got one response. Uh, and the one response was about a group sales internship with the Bucks. And, you know, to me, when I first read the description, I honestly didn't understand it. It was, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, I don't know why you would need to sell tickets. I just figured these stadiums like really filled themselves up. Like, why would you have to sell somebody on coming out to a game? Like everyone should just want to go. Um, but anyways, you know, I, I continued throughout the interview process. Uh, and for the rest of my career, getting that internship will be by far the best sales job that I've ever done. Um, to, to, to get an internship like that was Something that, I mean, on paper, like I definitely did not, did not uh, fit the mold at that point in my career. Um, so I got it, and I remember going down there, and I was I was a nineteen year old kid because I graduated a, a year early because I, I over indexed on my hours that summer, uh, and I was a nineteen year old kid leaving, you know, Southwest Virginia, which, you know, to to me it was more than just going into the the workforce for the first time, it was like really like seeing a different part of the world for the first time. Um, so I went down there and, you know, immediately, Chris, to, to be candid, I, I kind of felt out of my league. <laughs> yeah. I with this guy who, you know, was from the university of Tampa was like, you know, really clean cut and, you know, probably the ideal candidate for an internship. And then there's me who really, you know, I, again, coming from, you know, my background, which is, you know, in the South, uh, you know, really didn't have any much experience. So I remember going and, you know, my first day walking up with my, my director, Dino, and, um, again, just felt completely, completely out of, out of my league. But, you know, I talked to my dad probably about a week or two later and, you know, I was kind of telling him that, you know, I was kind of struggling. I didn't know if I fit. And, and he really told me, you know, that summer he's like, Hey son, like, at the end of the day, you know, just work your tail off, you know, be extremely coachable and, you know, let them know you want to be there. And, you know, that was exactly what I did. Uh, and that's where I truly fell in love with it. You know, I fell in love with the energy. I fell in love with the competitiveness. And I think more than anything, Chris, it was really the fact that like in sales, it was really simple, but it just wasn't easy. So like coming from a blue collar work ethic perspective, like if I just outworked people, showed up before them and left after them, like I was you know, from the law of averages, probably was going to figure it out. So, um, you know, that's, I mean, that was a little bit about it. You know, it was more focused around like a group sales program. Like if you think about, you know, 
in elementary school, whether you were selling candy bars or wrapping paper, like that's what we did. Like we, we sold tickets and then we would add on like a $5 fundraising fee. And then we would cut those checks back to the school. Um, so it was really cool. You know, my first selling was really figuring out how to sell PTA and, and principals on why they should use our fundraising program. So that was, you know, that was the the main, you know, majority of the role. And then I got really close to people like Dino and, and Mike and, and Ben Milson down in Tampa and, and, and Amy's, you know, Amy Taylor, who was the first person to ever hire me. And they just taught me how to, you know, to sell and really, you know, learn the business. And, you know, I made a lot of connections, which, you know, obviously, you know, p- pulled me back to come back my, after my senior year. But, you know, when you think about, you know, free agents or, you know, I think the second question was like, how do, how do you attack free agents or anything like that? Uh, we didn't have anything of that magnitude while I was there. Um, I think they had gotten Revis like right before I had gotten there. And I think it was, was kind of crazy, but uh, we didn't have any, any kind of big free agents while I was in Tampa. Oh yeah. That's really interesting. That you said uh, teamwork online. Cause I, I was kind of in the exact same position uh, this past summer. I just found teamwork online, but being from Canada, I've seen all these different positions and whether it's Detroit with the Lions, Tampa Bay as well, and Dallas and all these different places. It's kind of said I was all like I was awestruck, all these different teams and all in one same place. And I've spoken to a few people who kinda of even said the same thing to yourself where they applied to hundreds of positions and it was that one that made that huge difference. So it's kinda of, it's kinda of cool to hear a story like yourself that where it actually became successful just by that one answering back. And I just kind of wanted to continue on with what you're saying about sales because you're saying how you like learn so much. And one of the big reasons that you were able to continue on was just by outworking the others and just staying there longer, putting in the uh, hours. But what were the things that your team were able to teach you to further develop your sales skills? Yeah, I think it was you know really just the basics, right? I, I think I remember sitting there and you know, the, one of my biggest mentors in this thing uh, still to this day was the first person I sat beside of. And, and he just looked over at me and he was like, you know, here's a script, try this. You know, here's, here's the, here's the road, you know, the roadmap, just, you know, try to stay as close to this as you can until you, you know, you get a grasp for it. So I think, you know, that was everything from just, you know, basically how to you know introduce yourself with some enthusiasm on the phone to, you know, just asking really good questions and, and being curious about the other person on the other side of the phone and, you know, always pushing to get that face-to-face meeting. Um, and I, I think more than anything, you know, what it, what it taught me was just like, again, you know, just work really hard and, and, you know, work until you figure it out. And then, you know, the better that you get at it, like all of a sudden your, your law of averages goes up. Right. And then, you know, be coachable, right. Then, the, you know, the people, uh, you know, you know, further ahead of you in their career are there for a reason, like make sure you're taking advantage of those people. And, and you know, that's what I did. You know, I showed up early with our manager of sales and, you know, I remember going to training camp at 6.30 in the morning because that was the only time that I could role play uh, because everyone else was, you know, setting up training camp and then had their day-to-day jobs. So I would come there early just so I could practice more and, and make an impression. Um, and I think that was what, you know, really helped me stand out amongst the crowd was that, you know, you, you went and did things that other people wouldn't do just because, you know, the, the goal and the, you know, the, the dream was that much more special. Um, so that's why, you know, I try to tell people all the time now is like, get out of your comfort zone, do the things that others aren't willing to do to, to get you in the spot that you need to be. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, that, that's all good stuff. And it kind of really shows how it can work firsthand, even with yourself. Cause then you're able to 
get a full-time position with the Bucks, and you kind of just looking at your LinkedIn and saying how you led both general and premium stats with uh, 580,000 in new revenue. So was that just kind of building off those foundational skills that you, you learned or was it there other things that impacted that as well? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing has always been the, the work ethic and, and I'll continue to come back to it because again, you know, I think that's the one thing that, you know, my, my parents taught me more than anything. And, you know, I'll be the first to say I've never been the most person in this thing um and i and i hope to to never be the most talented but i've always prided myself on being the the hardest worker and surrounding myself with the you know the right type of people and you know that first year you know when i when i did you know had that incredible campaign you know it was really i I worked six days a week and and you know i think anybody in tampa would would tell you that Uh, and i think that's a hard thing to do as a you know a 20 21 year old in in tampa florida when there's you know the you know the sunny skies and sandy beaches to, to be in the, to be in the office. But for me, it was one of those things where I had really ambitious goals. And when you have those, I think you have to have a, you know, you have to back those up with the same type of action. Um, So I think the number one thing was like, I was, I was always working. It may not have been the the healthiest thing, but you know, it it got me to where I was at. Uh, And then the other thing is what I always say to, you know, to our younger team members now is like, I just surrounded myself with really good people. And I, you know, there's the, the saying that goes that like, you can go, you know, fast alone, but you can go farther together. And, and that's what I did. You know, I, we had a special, special crew there in Tampa. And you know, I really relied on them to, to push me and for me to push them. And, you know, we really, you know, worked together to, to make sure that we were all kind of climbing together. Um, and I think that was more than anything was like, we were just always curious about how do we do this a little bit better? And I think when you have that type of mentality every single day, I think all of a sudden, like that compound effect is incredible. Um, so, you know, that, you know, that, that year was really just us pushing and pushing together to have that type of year. And, and you know, I really prided myself on being a well-rounded salesperson as well, where I only didn't focus on just memberships, but focused on groups and, you know, our partial plans and, and stuff like that. So uh, again, I think it was, you know, just the, the amount of hours that I put in and, and putting them in with the right people and in the right type of, you know, strategy of being effective, but also being efficient at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. That, that all sounds great stuff and definitely things that I think more people need to apply, whether it's just looking who you need to surround yourself with and who you can learn from and also just kind of kind of setting aside the after hours and being more focused on your career for a certain point and putting in the work in rather than trying to living, I guess you can say best of both worlds, worlds where you can go to the beach and also kind of further yourself in sports is maybe you kind of have to make a sacrifice at the beginning or even throughout your career to do so. I also kind of noticed how from the, the Bucks you went, you went to the Suns. So how did that transition happen? Was it through, because I know teamwork online, they also post all these different positions. Did you find that new position from there? Where was it through a connection? What, what was it like? Uh, yeah, it was a connection. Um, you know, I think that that was a, one of the things I was really blessed with within Tampa was leadership that really wanted to help me get to where I wanted to be. And, you know, I, I made it very clear early on that, that I wanted to get into leadership just because I wanted to provide and, and pay on forward the, the same type of opportunity that they had given me. Um, and, you know, when the, when the sons reached out, uh, you know, I'd had a, a you know, a, actually a brain, you know, I just wanted to pick his brain at the time, but you know, it's, uh, it was their chief sales officer at the time, Nick Barlage. And that was probably about six months before the Suns had reached out. And it was, uh, you know, Kyle Pottinger who happens to be one of my biggest mentors in this thing. 
Um, and they were just looking for, you know, for some candidates to, I think my name had gotten passed around and, uh, you know, Dino had told him that I'd had a, you know, a very small connection to, to Nick in a, in a sense, but, um, you know, that was kind of how the, the, you know, the, the call came, it wasn't through teamwork. It was really, you know, they had reached out and asked Tampa if they had anybody that would be a good fit for, you know, an entry level leadership role. And, and luckily I had put myself in a position to, to be one of the people that, you know, came top of mind. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's actually kind of something that I'm trying to do now, whether it's just always grow my network and always kind of learn from the people ahead of me and hopefully maybe down the line we can benefit one another as well. You kind of touched on where they, everyone was aware of where you wanted to be. Where is the the ultimate goal in your career? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good question, Chris. I, you know, I think that's something that I used to think a lot more of earlier on in my career. You know, I, uh, I've got ambitious goals where, you know, I, I'd like to run my own team at some point. Um, but again, you know, I think that's one of those roles that, you know, I think you don't know how much you want it until you get close to it um, just because of how massive those types of roles are. Um, you know, I think overseeing a, an entire sales department is something that I'm incredibly excited about at some point in my career. But, uh, you know, right now I'm just really focused on, you know, where my feet are and, and how I, you know, put our team members in the best position, you know, to, to get where they want to be. And I think, you know, the more I'll focus on that, the, you know, the more the, you know, my stuff, I think will, will figure itself out, but I, I'm just really focused on continuing to, to learn and to, to continue to put the type of work ethic in. I always have to, you know, to continue to put myself in a position to, to keep helping others. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's all great stuff. And um, just kind of building off the Phoenix Suns role, do you mind maybe talking about the transition from the Bucks to the Suns and, is there a difference between working in various sports and how did the processes change and what, what was it like uh, comparing the two? Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. I, uh, I absolutely loved, you know, my time in Phoenix. It was, uh, it was a time to, to really learn just a whole different part of the, you know, different industry and, you know, different role. Um, you know, you go from, and the way I always describe it is like, I went from managing myself for about 25 events, you know, to working in, you know, the arena life, which was, you know, overseeing with a co-manager, 20 people for 132 events a year. Um, so when you think about how fast, you know, that job and, you know, that, that pace comes at you, it's really quick. And I think the time management piece was one that I thought I was really good at when I was in Tampa and people told me that I was going to need to work on until I got to Phoenix and realized that I wasn't very good at time management in that, you know, all of a sudden my time wasn't my time anymore. You know, it was, it was my team members times and how do I put them in the best position to be successful for, you know, the, the amount of work that they're coming in. But again, you know, the role itself, it was, it was awesome. It was one that really stretched me and pushed me, you know, every single day. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a massive difference when you had one game on Sunday to all of a sudden, you know, having three in a week, uh, you got to bounce back and you got to bounce back quick. And it taught me a lot about you know, just the scientific part of our business, whether, you know, from a, from a pipeline management standpoint to, you know, how we attack campaigns and, you know, to do that and continue to pace out your recruiting. And, you know, that was the, you know, my main role there was to, to really revamp and rebrand a, an inside sales program that was, you know, so, you know, historic. Uh, it was just something that was, was really exhilarating for me to, you know, to really brand something and, 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 you know, hopefully build it up to, to what I thought is, is world-class. Yeah. Um, do, you mind, do you mind maybe, because you're touching on what it's like 
at the start of maybe little struggles and how you really got to understand what you needed to improve on in a manager position. And obviously for someone who's wants to have a career in sports, they want to, I don't know, become the president of a team or become the CMO of a team. And obviously to get there, you need to kind of go through the corporate ladder and become a manager and et cetera. What, what's it like becoming a manager for the first time? What are kind of things that people don't expect off the top? Because you, you can't really prepare yourself for it until you, you get that experience, I guess you could say. So what's something that really you got to learn in a manager role and something that you wouldn't have known otherwise? Yeah, that's a good question, Chris. Um, yeah, I think the, the, the biggest, biggest challenge I had was like just starting to understand that like not everyone's the same and like you can, you can lead the group, but you got to manage the individual and that every individual is so different and how they want to be communicated to or held accountable to. And, you know, whereas, you know, to you, it may make sense, but to them, they don't see the business or that strategy that same way. So really, you know, just building on your relationships and that, you know, that's where one-on-ones are, are so, you know, so imperative in my opinion is that you just got to really get to the root of the relationship so that you know you can communicate better, that you can build trust, that you can hold people accountable, and that when you give constructive feedback and you get it to them between the eyes, that you know they understand that you're coming from a really good place. Um, so I think that's the you know the biggest thing is like you know not everyone wants to be managed like you know you did as a rep, or people don't see motivation the same way that you do as a rep. Um, and, and I think the quicker that you can get out of that perspective and understand that everyone is different. And how do I meet the team members where they are, I think is, is one that is, is important. And I think, you know, coming from a, a place where all of a sudden you start to have to have tough conversations and maybe tough conversations that you never had to have as a team member because you were a, you know, a top performer. Um, so I think those are, are all things that I think, you know, people struggle with in their first time in management. Uh, just because, you know, you can go through as many management and training programs as you as you want, but until you start to get that real life experience of, you know, holding people accountable or having a tough conversation with somebody, it's just about, you know, the reps, just like it is in sales, uh, if that makes sense. No, yeah, of course. And so from what I took from that, it really sounds like managing relationships is a huge part in that that next step in your career of going from an executive to a manager where that's something you really didn't have to do before. But in this new position as manager, you kind of really need to focus on and, and further develop that skill because it's it's really all about your team that you're working with, I guess you could say, where if your team's not understanding your expectations and what is required of them, they don't really know where to go. And I guess that's something you really developed with the Suns and that, that led you with the Cavs, I'm assuming. Is that correct? Yeah. And, you know, at both places, you know, it's all been about, you know, the, the first 90 days is just about building relationships. Um, because it, like you mentioned, like if you don't have your people right, and you know, that you don't have, you know, their trust and their respect, which, you know, you obviously have to build on every single day. Um, then you're, you know, you, you don't really have anything to stand on. Um, so, you know, I really focus on wherever, you know, my, my, my you know, career takes me to is like, how do I immerse myself and build really good relationships before I start to talk, you know, talk about any type of strategy or any type of, you know, moving the business forward. It's all about your people first. And, and yeah, you're right. You know, uh, you know, my, my move to Cleveland was definitely one that was rooted around a relationship. It was one, you know, one of my biggest mentors is Nick Barlow, who happens to be our president of, of BizOps here. And, and, you know, he was one that, you know, I stayed in touch with and he's been one that, uh, you know, I really respect because he, you know, again, he, he you know, he puts me the person first. 
uh, rather than the professional. I think, you know, the higher you get up is, is one that you, you appreciate more. Um, so when, you know, when he reached out about an opportunity to, to help tell a special story, it was one that, you know, I definitely had to, to take a, take a listen to and, and was very grateful to, to get the opportunity to help here. Yeah. You're kind of just touching on the special story. So might maybe go into detail of what you're doing now, specifically as a director of business development with the Cavs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my, my role specifically goes into probably about three different buckets. Um, one is, is yeah, I, uh, I oversee all of our business development efforts from a WGU side, which is, uh, you know, our, our membership platform on our, our Wine and Gold United. And, uh, you know, I work a lot with our business intelligence group to really focus on, you know, how we can be better and be more efficient, be more effective, uh, whether it be campaign analysis or pipeline management or or anything along those lines. And then, the, you know, the second bucket is, is I, I help oversee our, our foundation program, um, which is our inside sales program, which is about an eight to 12 month, you know, inter-level sales program where we focus on developing you as a professional and then as, you know, and more importantly, as a, as a person. Um, and, and we recruit from all across the country to, to hopefully build, you know, the, the best inside sales program out there that is really taking people from a crawling to walking to running perspective from sales, uh, which I think is, is a, is a really special program that, again, I, I am, I'm so, I just love being around inside sales just because of the energy and the gratitude that it has. So, you know, the, the foundation really serves as kind of the lifeblood of, you know, our promotions, our energy, everything on the floor. And, and then the third one is, you know, I help, uh, you know, I help oversee our business development staff, which is really focused on going out to the Northeast Ohio marketplace and showing businesses how they can utilize us and CAVs and Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse as a, as a business tool and, and how we can help grow their business by using, you know, the epicenter of entertainment in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, that's where I would say my, my main three roles kind of, kind of divvy up into. Um, but again, to, you know, when I talk about that special story, I just think there's very few people that can talk about, you know, building a business after the greatest player on the planet, like leaves your organization, right? And how do we, you know, help, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, help build the business. Um, and I think that's something to me that is, was really exciting. And, and whereas mo most people probably would look at that as a challenge, uh, we looked at it as an opportunity. And I think that's what uh, really makes this thing, you know, pretty special. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because it kind of ties back to what we were talking about at the start of the, the episode with Tom Brady in the sense that when you have these huge figures like LeBron James or even Tom Brady in those markets, you automatically connect those players with the organizations and you never really think of what it, how it affects the team afterwards because you just kind of follow the player's career as they go. So now everyone's looking at Brady with the Bucs and LeBron with the Lakers. But do you mind maybe saying like what kind of things you're doing to, to start telling this new story of after the departure of such a player? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting, right? Well, I think, you know, when you look at it, like, you know, the organization itself is all of a sudden in a different storytelling mode, right? Like, you know, they went with to, to four consecutive NBA finals with, you know, LeBron at the at the helm. And now, you know, with us really focused more on our younger core, um, you know, we're almost doing that kind of in the same sense on the, on the sales side, right? Like we're, we're getting people that are really focused on, you know, just the, the grind and really going out and, and earning everything that, you know, that you kill, uh, which I think is fun. Right. Um, you know, I think when you have LeBron, you know, a little bit more of your business is focused on the inbound perspective. And, and now when you have, 
you know, a, a younger team that's, you know, not as, as great on the court, you know, you're really focused on how do you go out and, you know, how do you, how do you really sell the experience off the court just as much? And, and I think that's where we've lived and I've had to live my whole career, Chris, is the fact that like, Hey, I can't control what happens on the court, but what I can control is that the minute that you walk in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse or, you know, Talking Stick Resort Arena or, you know, Raymond James Stadium is that you get a world-class experience. And that, you know, for me as an individual, like I'm going to do everything from a relationship perspective to help you out. Um, and so you get a little, you, you focus a lot more on the relationship sales rather than, you know, jumping in on, you know, I can promise you 60 wins in an NBA finals because I'm never going to promise you that. So, yeah. um, so it's really more about, you know, going out and, and, and getting the, you know, the, the right people on the, on the bus to help you go out and attack um, you know, the, the business. And, you know, I think that's where you focus a little bit more on the, the new business side while continuing just to double down on rewarding, you know, your, your members and your stakeholders that are, you know, staying firm with you and believe in the story that you're telling and what we do here for the community itself in Cleveland. Yeah, that's all interesting things. I, I wouldn't have even thought of coming into this, but just kind of building on to the, the new story. Do you find when organizations have this quote unquote next chapter in their franchise's history that the organization at least on the corporate side kind of shifts as well in the sense that maybe people who are there through the growth of that i guess you can say like teams like the patriots where they had that dynasty for so many years where it can result in a shift on the corporate side where those established uh executives kind of maybe depart and go on with their career and then it provides new opportunity for maybe a younger uh younger team to come in and kind of tell this new story and kind of share it. Do you find that has an impact on the corporate side as well? Yeah, I, th I absolutely do. Um, I think, you know, every situation is, is different in itself, right? Like uh, I can only speak to the, you know, to the, to the ones I've been involved with and I've never been in probably as a dramatic shift as this one in Cleveland, which I think was, was what made it so, you know, exhilarating for me. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, you had people that were, were here during before LeBron and then were here during LeBron and got to reap the benefits after they had went through, you know, kind of the, the tough times of building the business back up. And I think, you know, when you go back to, you know, back to the building it back up, you know, some people were ready for a new challenge. And then, you know, on the same side, Chris, we had people that were geared up just to, to get right back into it. Right. And, and tell the story again and hopefully tell it better. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think you, you obviously have to, to change, you know, you know, your, your philosophy and, and how you attack the business just differently, just because of where you're at. But again, I think it all depends on the people and the mentality that they, they operate with, um, and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's where we really focus again on just hiring the right type of people, developing, coaching them, getting them where they want to be. And if, you know, if there's an opportunity for one of our team members to, to get where they want to be, even while we're building this up, like, hey, we're going to we're going to you know celebrate them and we're going to push them to get them there. Um, but I think there's absolutely a shift um, just depending on, you know, the environment and where you're at. Such good advice that you're just providing. And it's great to hear that even when you're kind of on the growth part of the curve, that you're still looking to build your team members careers, whether it's uh, celebrating them or helping them get to where they want to go. And maybe just kind of building on that, do you what what are kind of things that you could say to someone who's in the process of beginning their career or trying to further their career? What types of things do you look for as a director of in adding a new team member? Like what kind of things stand out to you and what things would you advise on doing to improve? 
Uh, you know, especially with our with our entry level sales folks. And it's funny because I just got off an interview, which was probably would be, you know, just a textbook interview of what we look for. Um, is you know, especially early on, like I just want to see people that are active, right? That you know, that didn't wait till their final semester of college to to start putting volunteer and internship experience on their resumes. Like I want to see people who that were busy throughout and that knew this day was coming and that they wanted to put themselves in the best position possible for for a job. Um, so those people that, you know, if there's not an internship, they go out and create an internship. Like if there's not a teamwork online posting for a job that they find that, you know, that, you know, hiring manager and, and they message them and they make that cold email or a cold, you know, LinkedIn message and send it. Um, you know, I think those people that are really proactive in life are, are the ones that we're always trying to, to surround ourselves with. Um, so I think, you know, that's the, the, you know, the biggest things we, you know, we look for from just a, you know, a, an outside perspective, you know, and once we're, we're just starting to interact with them as a person, you know, the th- number one thing that I think we always rely on is like, number one, like, are they a good person? Like, you know, being a genuinely good human being is, is by far our number one requirement just because I want to, you know, I work a lot and our team members work a lot. Like we want to surround ourselves with really good people. Um, that we enjoy to be around and that we think are going to push us and help us get to, you know, that next level, wherever that may be. Um, and then I want to see people that are coachable, right? Like that, that want to be, want to be the best and that aren't okay with you no know, mediocrity and, and want to be better than today than they were yesterday. So I think from a recruiting perspective, those are the things that we all look for. Um, whether that be entry level sales all the way up to, you know, you know, some of our, our more seasoned, you know, people. Yeah, uh, that's all great stuff. And I'm sure that's something that every listener here is probably going to be taking notes on so they can apply it to themselves. And just kind of to wrap things up, do you mind maybe, because you've had so much cool experience, whether it's with the Bucks, the Suns, even the Cavs now, do you have any kind of personal experiences or stories that you'd like to share? Because you're such an in an entertaining industry that you never know who you're going to run into, whether it's like even just saying, like talking about Darrell Revis being a part of the franchise when you're there is just something cool. Is there any personal experiences you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, uh, you know, I think one at every stop would be really stick out to me. Uh, when we were in Tampa, we landed the number one pick, which, you know, ended up being Jameis. Um, and I remember being in the office at the time and just the phones just going haywire, you know, for, for a while and just being able to be a part of that experience, I thought was, was really special. Um, and then, uh, you know, in Phoenix, we won the, the NBA lottery, uh, which was which was really cool. We had a you know a huge huge draft party at uh, at Talking Stick Resort Arena. Um, so there's a video of like our whole team members going crazy, and then uh, you actually pan over to me, and I'm actually telling people to get on the phones, which I thought was uh, <laughs> funny. Um, so I, you know that was cool. We were there till I think 11, 12 at night, just taking you know taking advantage of the situation. Um, and then the the third one, which was the most recent one here with the Cavs, was the opportunity to open up a, a building after a huge, you know, huge transformation project, uh, which was was really cool and something I had never been able to do in my career. So we got to reopen Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse to the to the city of Cleveland in Northeast Ohio. It was just one that you know was a special day and one that I'll never forget, um, just because there had been so much work that led up to that you know to that time. Um, so I thought that was was a really cool, really cool moment for, you know, for for me. With my experiences, Chris, I uh, I have not had the uh, the best on court on field uh, winners. Yeah, yeah, but it still sounds like you've had such great times, uh, like with whatever organization you're with, especially just experiencing the first round picks and then opening a new arena. That's that stuff that's in history for all those organizations, and kind of just 
on a last note, do you have any final advice or tips or tricks for anyone listening, trying to get into the sports industry or coming out of college or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I'll give the best advice I've probably ever been given uh, and something I still operate. And, you know, my, one of my biggest mentors told me to, to really look at the first 10 years of my career as an investment. Um, and what he meant by that was to really just to really focus on who I was working for and like who was going to like push me and challenge me and truly care about me as a person um, and as a professional. And, he, you know, he said, if you if you really looked at the first 10 years of your career that way and if you operated that way, then after that 10 years that you would really be set up um, for the rest of your career. So. Uh, I can tell you through the first uh, through the first five years of this thing, it's uh, it's been pretty good advice and something that I've based every career move off of. Um, so I, I would encourage everyone to to pick the you know pick the jobs off the people that you're going to be working for, for the people that you think are going to truly invest in you and care about you. Because at the end of the day, um, those are going to be the people that really push you to 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 new heights in your. Yeah, that that's that's great stuff, and I don't think I could have ended it on a better note other than that. So I'd like to thank you for being a part of the episode. And unless you have anything else, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, Chris. Well, I certainly appreciate it. I really appreciate you going out. And I think, again, your approach to this podcast, I think, is exactly what every every person should be out there doing, right? Finding a way to to go out there and create value for yourself um, that's going to you know pay itself back. So uh, kudos to you for for taking the you know those coffee talks and transitioning them into a way where everyone can kind of get value out of them. So that's the end of uh, today's interview. I just wanted to thank Gentry again for you know taking the time, uh, sharing his experiences and stories, and also for the kind words at the end. Uh, you know that's very much appreciated. And uh, and just quickly building off of um, what, what what Gentry said at the end of his uh, episode, just in in regard to you know me creating value through this podcast. I know that's a topic of uh, interest from a lot of you that have been messaging me or emailing me, and. Uh, I'm going to be doing a different type of series, like I mentioned, at the at the start of the episode, where I'll kind of go into more depth of uh, various uh, tips and tricks that I've that I've learned and how to, you know, come up with various ideas to add value, whether it's through networking or different avenues as well. And I'll be trying these things out on um, on Twitch and YouTube, and you know, maybe some other ones as well. So maybe just stay up to date with the podcast because I'll be announcing it here and. Uh, via my social media channel so follow me there and other than that i hope you guys enjoyed today's episode as much as i did i know there's some great quotes that uh that can be taken away from today especially the one that i like the most is um the part where gentry mentioned how he got advice saying uh view the first 10 years of your career as an investment and you know that's something that i really thought about because waking up in the morning that's not something you think of right off the top of your head so I think that's a great way to end the episode and I'll leave it like that. So hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you next episode. All the best.